We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. All right, the Bronx Pinstripe Show, the 2015 baseball season is officially in the books. The Kansas City Royals are World Series champions. Uh, you like what I did there, Scott, in the books, of tweaking the Mets fans a little bit? Uh, that's, their, that's their slogan, put it in the books. No, I like it, yeah. they. Um, after we talked about who I wanted to win and you know who I wanted to win less was the Blue Jays and the Mets, and you pretty much changed my mind in the middle of that conversation, where I wanted the the Mets to to lose really just because of the fan base. Um, but I do, you know, when it when it happened, I felt a little bit bad. I felt a little bad for those uh, for the Mets fans because they had a good season, and you know it didn't end very well. So, um, but cheers, cheers to the Royals. They are, I mean. I tell you, they're they're an impressive team to watch. They were fun to watch. They they really uh, provided a lot of entertainment uh, in the postseason, and just I mean, it's 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 kind of hard not to 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 look at those guys and you know just appreciate how they play baseball and, and what they did this year. I just wrote a blog today. I don't know if you had a chance to see it yet. Where I they remind me of the 1990s Yankees. Um, I don't think they're as good as those teams because I don't think they have a Derek Jeter, an Andy Pettit, a Mariano Rivera, or a Posada. That core group of guys that will you know keep them good for 10 to 15 years. But they're going to be good for a couple years, and I think they're going to start to become a hated team. We're going to start to. They're going to go from the underdog team that we wanted to see beat the Giants last year and we definitely wanted to see beat the Mets this year because we don't like the Mets 
to a team that's annoying because they're they're good and they grind out wins and and they just find ways to win games. You, you think they're out of it? I mean, they came back I think seven times. Seven of their eleven wins in the playoffs this year were come from behind wins. I mean, at a certain point, that's not a fluke anymore. They they just are a team that comes back. They claw back. You can't give them an inch because they're going to take it and they're going to beat you. And I mean, to your point though, the one they you're absolutely right. They, these guys. Just there's a there's a, a never never say die attitude, but I mean you look at their roster, but you're, and you're saying that there's not those guys, but I mean if you look at uh, uh, Hosmer, Mustakis, Kane, and Perez, you're talking if we're if we're saying four, that's a pretty good four right there. You got up the middle and then you got the corners. It's great. Um, and then Escobar. I mean they have they have a lot of young talent. Uh, the pitching I don't think is as uh, that is is going to be there. You know they're. Is not their their lifeblood as far as like their youth um, because they have a lot of free agents. Yeah, but they have some talent. They have a lot of talent. Listen, all those guys you mentioned are great, and I mentioned those in my blog. I mean, Hosmer A Rod has been gushing about yes, he has. Hosmer all over um, Hosmer. Yeah, I mean he loves him because he's from Miami, and yeah, Lorenzo Cain's filthy. He's a great center fielder, but I mean, let's be. Do I think those guys are as good as the core four plus say Bernie Williams? I don't I don't I just don't see it. They're very good. It's not to say these guys stink. It's just what we what the Yankees had in the 90s and 2000s were, you know, borderline historic. I mean, two definite Hall of Famers and then add in a, a few more borderline guys where, you know, best in the league. I don't think that's what we're looking at with the Royals, but they're definitely a good team. I mean, obviously that's sounds stupid saying that they just won the World <laughs> Series, but those guys are definitely um and especially the way they play as as a team, those they're definitely going to be there for a few years. No, I, I I totally agree. And it was, you know, it was right in the beginning of uh, where free agents really started going crazy and and signing all over the place um, when the when the Yankees started winning too. Uh, but now you're seeing, I feel like you're seeing guys uh, or teams put a lot more emphasis on locking up their young guys. And um, when you when you're looking at who they have, one. Let's let's look at their their left fielder also. Alex Gordon was uh, like probably the first guy when they were so bad for a long time, and one was their one of their first highly touted uh, first round picks. And he was not the guy they expected him to be for for a long time. He could, they had a lot of patience with Alex Gordon, and he came around to be a Gold Glove outfielder and uh, extremely serviceable with the bat. So I give they, him a they, lot of credit because he came up as a third baseman, and they were comparing him to George Brett, which is right. extremely unfair because George Brett is one of the best players of all time. And he just couldn't. I mean, he couldn't and an deal icon with of that it. franchise, which is yeah, you know. uh, he couldn't deal with it. And they had to send him back down. He totally had to change his entire game. He changed positions, went out to left field. And you're right. I mean, he's he's like Mr. Royal. I mean, they got to resign him. I think. Yeah. No, I mean it's just impressive looking at that the roster makeup too, and just seeing that he stuck around and they and that the Royals actually stuck with him that entire time as well. Um, but yeah, I mean Perez, you know, I don't know if you saw when he got the uh, the MVP trophy last night, but <laughs> he's just a, a like a fun loving dude. I, I hadn't really heard him talk too much. I mean, it's um, he's got a thick accent, but he's definitely like a goofy. You could tell that these guys all really uh, get along together and have a really good bond. Perez um, catches like every day. He's caught like something like three hundred and twenty games over the past two years. Which which is just mental. I don't yeah. know how somebody can physically do that. 
Yeah, he's a big dude too. He's not. He's not one of those small, yeah, that's a, that's agile catchers. He's a big, big boy. boy squatting down and squatting yeah. up three hundred plus times. No doubt. But yeah, it was impressive. It really was watching that, watching what they did, and um, you know, two nothing going into the ninth inning. I'm sitting there like, this is not over. And I know everybody else who's watching it is like, let's turn on the TV now and start watching this baseball game because the Royals are about to play. And um, they did it again. Crazy. They did it again. It was. It was. Uh, it was something to watch. Yeah, I mean. If we want to break down the the World Series, I mean, I think the momentum, I mean, game one was it. I think once the Royals came back and won game one, I think that they had the series locked down. But you're talking about a five-game series. When you think about a five-game series, it's like you think, okay, one team dominated. But, I mean, the Mets were right there every game. It's just the Royals are a better team. They're a better overall team. And when it came down to it, they did the right things and the Mets did the wrong thing. And that was basically, I mean, it sounds simplistic, but the Royals put the ball in play. The Mets couldn't catch the ball and the Royals took advantage of every mistake the Mets made. And basically that's why they won. Yeah. And, and I don't really agree with you. Uh, I don't agree with you at all as far as the game or the series was, you know, the, it was captured in that first game and it was kind of their, the life was taken out of them. I mean, go back to 96 when the Braves beat the Yankees twice at home and then we had to go on the road and um, and then they won four straight after that. So, Every c- scenario is different. I just thought with the way that the, I mean, that was Familia's first blown save in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, after that happened, you saw DeGrom come out and, I mean, he got three swings and misses, which is unheard of because he's That's filthy. crazy. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we threw our, our number one and two bullets at you. If you're the Mets, we threw number one and two Harvey and DeGrom at you. We didn't win either game. It's like they kind of feel like they're you know running in quicksand. It, that's at least what I would have felt as a Mets fan. Uh, at the same time, the Mets fans, they, they first of all, they, they need to take a look at this roster and realize that they have a, a lot of, of good baseball ahead of them. I mean, when you said right then, it was DeGrom and it was Harvey, one and two, they lost. But then when you follow up those two guys with, uh, you know, with guys like Syndergaard and Mats, um, and then, you know, next year, possibly Wheeler, if he comes back from his, his Tommy John. So you have a lot of, you have a lot of ammunition, even after your first two studs. I mean, they have... T- they really do. They have four stud pitchers uh, that would be studs on any other team as far as young studs coming up. So, I mean, they have a lot of – they got to figure out their offense and how to score some runs and play some defense. But they have the pitching thing uh, pretty – at least starting pitching well in hand right now. Yeah, I mean, starting pitching is the hardest thing to to craft, I think. And they have four, potentially five, right. number one or number twos, which is a huge jump on every other team in the league. Yep. But they're going to lose – I think they're going to lose Suspettis. I no don't, doubt. I they're don't not think he's re-signing. I no. think they're going to lose Murphy. Um, I mean, man, talk about somebody who went from hero to goat. And I know you wrote that in the notes, but he was on top of the world. He got them to the World Series. I mean, this guy was being compared, not being compared, but he was in the same sentence as like Lou Gehrig as far as playoff numbers. And then he goes and makes two critical errors, doesn't drive in a run in the World Series. You cannot go any higher to any lower than Murphy did in the last week. 
And you knew that when you were just waiting for the shoe to drop on when he was going to just bottom out because you don't stay that hot for as long as you do and then not find a little bit of a slump. And unfortunate for him, he really found it. I mean, he was still getting on base, uh, but he didn't he didn't have that big hit. He didn't have any home runs. Um, and he wasn't what he was beforehand. And it seems like the Mets fans were almost expecting that, you know, coming into uh, the World Series. And it's just not feasible. You know, Which we talked about the layoff as well uh, that, that, that attributes to it. Yeah, so. Which is why I don't think Mets fans, when it's all said and done, are going to be too upset if he doesn't resign. Because I think he, the best of Daniel Murphy's career we saw, and that was the NLDS and the NLCS. He'll never be better than that. That's true. He will. So, never, you can't be. I mean, I don't think anybody could be. To tell you the truth, he also doesn't really have a position. He's not a good second baseman. Um, we saw that in the World Series. Yeah. That is so, what we saw. I mean, but so he's going to be gone. So so if you think about their playoff lineup their three and four hitters are going to be gone next year that's huge i mean that's a huge hole to fill yeah absolutely and there's 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 definitely bats on the market it's just a matter of if the mets are going to go out and spend the money to go get them or um like we talked about their starting pitching they have a whole lot of young starting pitching that they could flip at some point for a bat or that's two that's what i would do if i were them that's something that they should definitely look at um because they they don't have the bats david wright's getting older um Kadir's already old and i think he's got another year there right i think he has another year there yeah and 12 and I, a half mil <laughs> but I tell you, they have some other kids. I mean, the Conforto is going to be a stud, I think. I think he's a good player. we got um, Conforto and Greg Bird to own New York. That little rivalry should be good over the next, you know, five to ten years. Yeah, no, that'll be good too. But they have a couple a couple guys. But he's not like – he's not a centerpiece, you know. He's not – he's a he's a good player and he's going to be a good player for a long time. But I don't think he's a centerpiece in the middle of a lineup. So. I think they have hopes he could be. He, he, could, he could maybe turn into that, but – you know, with the pitching that they have right now locked up as long as they do right now, they need to they need to come out and they need to find that good mix and find a couple bats where they can actually do it. I don't want to. I'm not trying to help them, you know. But are you a Mets? That, sounds that, like that you're is kind what of a Mets fan. No, that is what they need to do. It is what they need to do. But we'll see if they do it. I mean, we'll see if the Mets actually spend some money and, and go out and find people. So, game five last night, I wa- I, I watched. I think every playoff game this year. I thought the playoffs were great. I know I've said that before, but this year more than any, I think they were extra good. Even the games that were, seemed like blowouts had me captivated. Just like fun storylines. But last night, man, Harvey mowing them down for eight innings. And then that thing in the dugout where they're, you know, Terry Collins and Harvey are talking about if they're going to send them back out. And earlier in the game, they interviewed Terry Collins, and he said their plan is to go straight from Harvey to Familia. Right. Get Harvey through the eighth, and then go to Familia for the ninth. And it was right there to be had. Yep. Listen, I totally understand why Collins sent him back out there. I think that if he brought Familia out and Familia blew the game, Terry Collins would not have made it out of the stadium alive. (laughs) So I totally understand why he brought him out. The the fans wanted him to come back out. Harvey wanted to go back out. So you sent him out. But you got to get him out after that walk. After that walk, I don't understand why he left him in. You, you've, you've served your purpose in getting him back out there to see if he can come out and do a clean ninth inning and just ride that momentum. Uh, but as soon as, he, as soon as a base runner gets on, 
that's it. You go to your closer. There's there's no doubt. You got Harvey throwing from the stretch, doing things differently. He sprinted to the mound in the ninth <laughs> inning. I was I think I tweeted I was like, uh, you know, he he wasted all of his energy sprinting <laughs> from the dugout to the mound. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I'd never seen that. He's never done that before, right? No, he was so hyped up and I could as soon as I saw that I was like, "Oh man, he better bottle this up or he's going to walk a dude." And lo and behold, Lo and behold, he just he couldn't. I think I think his emotions got the best of him in the in the beginning of that inning, and uh, and he couldn't lock it up. So his favorite player growing up, Harvey, was Clemens. He always talks about he used to idolize Clemens, his intensity and everything. And I just picture Clemens. There's always been stories that pregame Clemens would rub icy hot all over his body and just scream at the top of his lungs. <laughs> I don't see Harvey as that kind of guy though. <laughs> Harvey to me seems a lot more laid back uh, than than Roger Clemens who well Roger Clemens also had uh, had some other um, substances to juice him up. But uh, yeah. no I mean I think Harvey though has some of that intensity on the mound. We saw it. I mean after the big strikeouts early in the game he was he was Jabba fist pumping all over the place. Yeah. No, nah, that's true. But um yeah, Terry Collins was in a tough spot. He really was. Yeah, and I, the only thing I, I would, I would second guess is not pulling him after the first base runner. I don't really, I don't second guess him going out there um, because I think that's okay. I really do. I feel like you got to ride the emotion of the game at that point, and um, and he just didn't do it. So, but but yeah, you got to pull him at that point and bring in your guy. You know who would have gotten him out after that first walk? Oh, Girardi. Girardi definitely would have had him out after. No, that Girardi wouldn't. Walk. No, he wouldn't have sent him out. He, Girardi would have. Girardi, Girardi would have pulled him after. He would have gone with Nick Rumbelow. Yeah, Nick Rumbelow would have been in. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that that ninth inning was was just crazy. One of the most exciting, I think, ninth, ninth innings in the playoffs I can remember. Um, Hosmer with that play running from third on the throw by right. Everyone's given Hosmer credit for that base running. And listen, the Royals are aggressive. That's how they always play. They push the envelope. And they made the Mets make mistakes. Um, yeah. they, they made the Mets field the ball, and the Mets couldn't. Duda is not a great first baseman. Hosmer knew that. He was going to force him to make a good throw. But let's, let's be honest. An average throw gets him out by five feet. Doesn't even have to make a perfect throw. Just I was losing it on Twitter when I saw don't all the fire it to the backstop, and then the, you have all the fifty cent memes coming yeah. in, like pasting fifty cents face on Duda's. <laughs> that, uh, Twitter, Twitter got a hold of that one real fast. But yeah, you're right. He was he was going to be he was a he was dead at the plate if if it was a good throw, if it was a decent throw, average uh, throw. But but that's the thing, you know. Look, I, I, I'm not saying I'm going to give him credit for like amazing base running. I'm giving him credit for 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 keeping the aggressiveness at that point yeah. in the game. Giving that, the Royals credit impressive. for their mentality. I Absolutely. love their mentality, no doubt. And I and I do uh, pushing the envelope, making him make a throw. You got to make a good throw to to get me. Fine. You don't know how many opportunities you're going to get. Fine. They're playing uh, with house money it. too. They're exactly. up, they're up three one in the series. They can take risks like that. Yeah. They know they're yeah. going back home. They they can push the envelope. Let's try and win it right here. And that's what they did. And I love hearing the uh, the interview with Hosmer afterwards and and kind of how he he broke it down in his head. He said uh, he and he must have known how David Wright throws to first base too. Well, because Wright's back, he broke it down. Wright's back I, has had to. He's yeah, have you noticed he was throwing like almost he does like throw three quarter. Three, yeah, he's but like. Three he can't throw overhand because of his back. Yeah, it's it's a weird throwing motion. It's but Hosmer, the opposite of Chase Headley. <laughs> exactly, it's the complete opposite. But Hosmer knew something about that because he was talking about how David Wright shuffles into a throw, and he said, "This is what he said when he's on the on the baseline. He's like, when he shuffles, I'm going to shuffle with him and see how far I can get, and I'm going to go. And th- that's how we kind of broke it down. And you know, just hey, I 
I got to put that on the third base coach, on Hosmer, for knowing exactly what they're doing, for breaking down exactly how this man throws, knowing that he's going to shuffle a couple times before he throws. That's just impressive, good baseball. So the aggressiveness, it's calculated aggressiveness. It's not just, it's not random, reckless aggressiveness. It's calculated aggressiveness, uh, and it's good baseball. It's it's fun baseball. So, yeah, I, I was I was actually pumped up for the Royals last night. I was I was a I was a big baseball fan last night. Yeah, it's time to hate them though. Yeah, yeah, they're done now. Now that they're at the top of the mountain, you know, that little stunt that their fans pulled this summer when they voted all their starters into the All-Star game, you know, that's all cute and everything when when you're the underdogs and you just miss winning the World Series. But now that you've won the World Series, we're going to be pissed when that shit goes down. I'm not standing for that anymore. Yeah, yeah, Kansas City, we need to take out their internet. We need to get unanimous out in the Kansas City uh, Wi-Fi's. Are taking them out. Another thing uh, is just like a stupid baseball stat that I saw tweeted is that the Missouri and New York have won like seventy percent of the World Series. That's funny because the obviously the, the Cardinals, right? Cardinals and the Yankees, and when the Dodgers and the Giants and all that kind of stuff were in there. Um, <clears throat> so you know, just some of the, what I also found interesting about this World Series was the fact that we had guys that you and I talked about over the summer as potential targets for the Yankees. Right. You know, Ben Zobrist, um, Tyler Clippard. I mean, we wanted Tyler Clippard because we thought that would add a nice seventh inning piece to the Yankees, and he was terrible in the World Series. Yeah, he was bad. I mean, he's always kind of had trouble with his location, and you really saw it in the postseason this year. He doesn't have clean innings. You know, he he's a he's a very he's a guy who um, he pulls Houdini acts kind of like David Robertson did. I, I don't want to put them in the same page because David Robertson usually gets out of it. Uh, but but Clippard seems to have some real location issues. Um, and then yeah, Zobris is another guy that we talked about. But you know, it's when you look at what Zobris brought to this Royals team and what he would have brought to what the Yankees roster, these are two totally different things. Zobris is is a nice piece that fits in very well to that. Royals puzzle, whereas Zobris on the Yankees, we would have been depending on him to get all the big hits and at big times, and he was just he would have been leaned on way too much. Yeah, he would have been it's, like the number five hitter. Yeah, it's it's too much of a it's too much of a it's not where he would have fit in correctly. So I think the the kind of player that he is when when we saw him when he was with Tampa Bay uh, and those teams, you know, to me the the Royals makeup it's a better team, but it's a similar makeup in the sense of the players, the young guys, where he can just kind of slot in and play a couple different positions and and be a good bat, just be a solid everyday guy anywhere you put him. Um, I think he was perfect for that roster. So, so I, I think obviously he he uh, he landed in the right spot. I feel like he's kind of got like what Scott Brocious gave the Yankees in the '90s, where it's like nothing flashy. You you look up at the end and it's like, oh crap, Scott Brocious is up. Oh, he just hit a double to score a key run, and I feel like that's what Zobris did the entire playoffs. Yeah, I have still have confidence that Chase Headley's going to be that guy at some point in my life. Oh so God. We'll- <laughs> Really? We'll yeah, yeah, we're gonna see that soon. He's gonna be that guy. Uh, he just he just needs to start producing. He's under the radar. We just need him to start he producing. He just needs to not suck, and then yeah. he'll be good. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, do you think the Royals resigns Obrist? I, I don't know. I don't even. I, I, you know, I'd have to look at like what their what their situation is as far as money and and who what contracts they have coming up and things like that. I think uh, some of their pitching, right? They're they're going to be looking at. Um, 
uh, re-signing some of those guys, and, and some of them are gonna are, are gonna warrant some some pretty big contracts too. So, um, yeah, I think he. If if I were Zobers, I would definitely want to go back there. Um, and he he kind of seems like a guy that that likes playing in a in a in a position and in a place that is good for him. I um, think they're going to get some veterans who are like, oh, you know, I could go to this team for twenty million, but the Royals are offering me fifteen million, and I want a chance to win. Yeah, how about, Gren- some- how about Granky coming back to Kansas City? Oh, look at that story. Yeah, well, coming back. Do they to have two hundred million in the bank because that's <laughs> what it's going to take. So that, I mean, yeah, there's there's definitely guys. I think they need to bolster their starting pitching staff, but um, because I feel like they're they. I don't know the contracts. I got to look it up to see exactly what they are. But um, I, I think uh, a couple of those guys are, are up. Um, but we'll see what they do. I think Zobers is a great fit for that team. I, I hope he doesn't resign because uh, he he makes that team better. So I hope he goes to Oakland again. Yeah, I mean, speaking or somewhere of, in the NL. Speaking of free agency, the you know today marks like the first not the first day of free agency, but all the free agents were announced. Um, we're talking about Yankees, not really important names, but Capuano, Drew, and Chris Young are all free agents. I think we're going to be really sad if we see those guys leave. Well, Capuano shouldn't even be on this list. I mean, he's not a major league baseball player, so he just needs to. What are you talking about? He's the he's the fat chick they call at two a.m. when they <laughs> yeah, want a booty exactly call. Who he, is. he needs to go. He needs to go to um, to Japan and just get a nice career over there, and and you know get some get some of that that different culture and that is different Kevin Yuko is still in Japan. He might be, he might be, but I know uh, William Opeña is. William Opeña is like a, a superstar out there. Um, but Stephen Drew is not going to be back with the team. Chris Capuano, I swear to God, in to everything holy, that he better not be back with the team. And I'm fully confident that he will will not be back with the team. And then Chris Young's another guy who did who who was very serviceable, did well. Uh, but personally, I like to see a younger guy in that role. Um, and I, I don't, I don't, I really don't want to see him back. Cause I got nothing against Chris Young. I think he did a very good job for us. Um, but I think he's a very, I think he's a liability in the field. And for uh, for a guy that we need to come in as a fourth or fifth outfielder, we need uh, you know better defense. His arm was just atrocious. It I was mean, like Chad Pennington throwing on home plate. And you know, I mean, guys I can't like have that. guys like Slade Heathcott and Mason Williams are in the Yankee system, and I know they had some injury problems and stuff, but I'm fine with them as backup outfielders next year. Absolutely. We have, we have the, the, the Chris Young type guy in our system that, that we can have, uh, uh, you know, on the major league level next year. So I don't think he's going to be resigned. Either. And we talked, we've talked about like a billion times at this point, how they need to get all three outfielders more rest. So, they could have a rotation of potentially five outfielders. You can have a rotation year. the entire team. It's, it's going to be like uh, it's going to be like musical chairs. You know? Everybody take a number out of the hat. See see if you're playing. See what position today. you're playing. Yeah. yeah, and that's why we need Greg Bird to start playing a little bit of right field. Give me some Greg Bird in right field. Uh, I, I hope I hope they're listening. You need to listen because Greg Bird needs to go to the right field because I guarantee he could be playing a solid right field. I heard Cashman uh, listens to our podcast. I know that's what I heard he, too. He so, does it when he exercises at the gym. Perfect. So Cash, let's see Bird in right field. Uh, the Bleacher Creatures I know would have a blast with him in right field as well. That brings that brings the fans into the uh, into the mix more. We need that. Let's do it. Let's see that happen. I was tweeted the question today, what do you think the Yankees are going to do in the offseason? And it's such like a, a loaded question because there's a number of possibilities. But at the same time, it wouldn't shock me if nothing major happens. Right. Obviously, we've after the season ended, Cashman said, oh, you know, we've got 
blah, blah, blah. We've got our, our roster, our positions pretty much set. But I still think there's a lot of moves they can get creative with. Gardner is a potential guy they can trade. They could trade some of the the second-level talent in the organization, you know, second-level prospects in the organization to try and get a return of a player. But I think there is some creativity that Cashman can can do, and I think he does get creative at times, that can really add some depth to this roster. Because we saw, it, when, guys went, when guys went down, that was it for the Yankees. Well, and, and you're you're speaking of moves like Brendan McCarthy, like thing moves like that, right? Some just just kind of headsy some, moves to, exactly. to add some some veteran depth. Yeah, and and whatever the equivalent of a Brendan McCarthy, except a position player, that's what the Yankees need. <laughs> yeah, I just think they need to be careful in the sense that I, Yankee fans are, are screaming from the mountaintops to stay young. Let let's be young. We want to make sure that we have, uh, you know, we don't have a, a, an old roster. And <laughs> hang on one second. My dog is dreaming right now and barking in her sleep. Really, Maddie? Okay, so yes. Sorry, we just had to take a break because uh, my dog Mattingly, who I got I got in July. Um, she was she's, Bronx she's Pinstripes her, mascot. Yeah, she's our mascot. She was in her crate and she's sleeping. <laughs> she's like running and barking, and I know you can hear it. So I was trying to stop her from doing that and wake her up because she's having terrors. I can't have my dog have night terrors. What do you think dogs dream about? She talks about she she dreams about chasing uh, baseballs. You know, I so completely off topic. I actually got her to I. I, I literally throw baseballs and she goes and chases them and then chews them up. I, I don't know. I just like them. It's a, I think it's a it's a good all natural toy. It's very Sandlot of you. Yeah, thank you. And and stupid me did not even think about the fact that I have like seven or eight signed baseballs and like really you know nice baseballs that I've that I've had and collect on a bookshelf that's within reach for sure within reach. And I, I don't know. I was oblivious to the fact. And. Um, this was the day I posted this on on all the social media. So if you follow us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you saw it. But um, there's the night the, the Mets clinched. The next day, I, I'm doing work in my office, and I hear her on the stairs just chewing something. I'm like, oh, good, she's occupied, she's chewing. Um, I work from home, so she's 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 kind of my work buddy, and um, and then I realized I'm like, I don't know what she's chewing. And I went to look, and she was chewing on the Yankees, my Yankees 2000 World Series baseball. It was a Subway Series Yankees Mets ball. And she chewed the entire ball except for the Yankees logo. Mets logo completely destroyed. Yankees logo fully intact. I so. think we can credit Mattingly then for the the Mets not winning the World yeah, Series. Yeah, she put the voodoo she put the voodoo Pedro Serrano hex on them. So yeah, now Mattingly's gonna have a full year under her belt. Uh, with the Yankees this this coming year, so we'll see if she's good luck or not. And the real Mattingly is now the Miami Marlins manager. Yeah, that's that's you know, uh, look, I'm good for I'm I'm happy for Donnie Baseball that he got an opportunity immediately. I'm just not sure it's a great opportunity down there because I don't think they're going to keep Stanton for uh, for a long time. I, I just wow, I they them, have him locked up to like 2025. I see them trading him. I I, I see them. Uh, how can you possibly he's so trust popular that down there? He's, but how can you trust that? He's the franchise. How can you trust the leadership of that of that team to not gut your team at any given moment? You can't. How can you trust it? You can't. But exactly. I, I don't know. I just I feel like he's walking into a trap. I feel like he's going to have a, a terrible time down there. I think Marlins man will commit suicide if they trade Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> Does that guy even go to Marlins games? He goes to every other game. I don't know how he could possibly. I was go to talking with my roommate last night because he was sitting front row 
at the game last night. I mean, the guy must have dropped like over 100K on, on tickets and air travel and hotels and everything for the bl- baseball playoffs. But it's like, what happens if the Marlins actually make the playoffs? What, are they going to make him like their official team fan? I mean, they have to, right? Yeah, and he's going to sit behind home plate. Yeah, it's amazing how he could still get the same seats too or like very close to the same seats Those every seats time. are hard to get. I know. I, I did with, some, even if you have cash to burn, those are hard. I to broke get. down to, to. I was like, "Who the hell is this guy? And why is he always on my television?" And apparently, he's a lawyer yeah. in in Miami. And yeah, so. never got married, never had kids. So he said he just had. He's always like made a lot of money as a lawyer, and he just has money to burn. Hey, good for him. You know, if if you can do it, do it, man. That sounds awesome. Um, Wouldn't it be funny if the Marlins make the playoffs, but he still goes to other teams' games? Yeah, that would be funny. That'd be good. But I, I still think Mattingly's kind of walking into a shop. I mean, he's got he's got some some cornerstones, right? He's got he's got the starting pitcher. He's got the um the big bat. He's got D Gordon, who I still can't believe they got rid of him. Um I think he's a really good player. And uh but the, you know, there's some problems there. You got the Nationals in front of you, and now you have the Mets in front of you also. You're in a loaded national league with the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Pirates. The postseason is going to be a very, very tough, uh, a tough ticket to punch in the National League for for the next like five, six years. Yeah, especially because you figure the Nationals will be better. The Mets they have are, to be. The they can't be worse. I mean, with the talent on that team, it can't be any worse. But I like Miami, the the city of Miami, and and Don Mattingly. I, f- I think fit. Like I could just picture Mattingly regrowing his mustache, pretending like it's the '80s, and getting like a nice floral pattern shirt, and just sitting on the beach. <laughs> When, I mean, they, they might have to, do, the, do the Marlins have a floral pattern alternate? Because I'm surprised. He with the, with he, the, he'll look good with it. He's going to look really good with a tan, though. Yeah, he he really should grow back that mustache. He would <clears throat> it would be perfect. It would be like Magnum PI. I know Magnum PI or uh, he was in uh, Hawaii, but it would be like Magnum PI in Miami. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's no, just I, some it, people whose faces look better with mustaches, and Mattingly's is one of those. No doubt about it. He really needs to grow that back. We should start a petition about that, actually. I think I'd be a Marlins fan if he grew it back. Ooh, I need a I need a dog on the on the other side. So I, I'll, I'll root for the Marlins. I was rooting for the Dodgers because of Mattingly. Uh, I have a little history with the Dodgers, but I was rooting for him. So I, I could root for the Marlins. Speaking of the Dodgers, I saw early World Series odds for 2016, and for some reason, the Dodgers are the best odds to win the World Series next year. Yeah, well. I don't understand how that is with Granky as a as a free agent. Um, they that have roster no manager. Shambles. Yeah, they don't have a manager. There's just a lot of very uncertain things going on over there. Also, both the Yankees and the Red Sox were ahead of the Royals. Oh, that's crazy. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I think the Cubs were number two. The team I mean, that hasn't won in 150 years or whatever is number two. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, just uh, I guess it's where wherever the money's going in Vegas, and the the money is definitely flowing out of Los Angeles. Maybe they're just banking on the fact that they're going to buy everybody again. Yeah, raise that payroll to four hundred mil. Yeah, We're, I'm saying this as a Yankee fan. People are people who are not Yankee fans. If they listen to this, they're probably throwing up in their mouth right now. Um, so the coverage of the World Series, though, I thought on Fox was very good. Uh, at least the the panel with A Rod and Raul Banez, Pete Rose, Frank Thomas, and the other guy that is not an ex baseball player. Um, but I just thought A Rod was like a Kevin a, Burkhart. Are you talking Ke- about? Yeah, Kevin Burkhart. A lot it, of Mets fans know him because he used to do the SNY stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, but 
I don't know about you, but A Rod's like a natural on TV. Uh, he really he, is. I, I mean, look, I, I know he's what he's doing right now, and it's good for everybody. It's good for him. I'm I'm happy for him. I am. I, I part of me is like, it, it, part of me is very happy for the man that he's 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 trying to and and doing a pretty good job at, at recreating himself and kind of like doing his image. Yeah. Um, but even like I was, I, I pointed it out to my wife. We were watching the game the other day, and she's like, "Is that a Rod?" I'm like, "Yeah." What do you think? And she just like I was just I was looking for a raw reaction of what she thought of what was going on with with Alex Rodriguez, and she's like, "He looks like he's really trying very hard. He looks like he's just <laughs> being so calculated with his his facial expressions and everything he's saying, and he's just being so serious about it. He's like really trying hard." It's like he took a crash course in how to act on TV. And yes, stuck that, him on TV. so, I, so but, when you say he's a natural, no, I don't think he's a natural at all. But I, I think, I think, I think his, his facial I expressions are just I so calculated. Yeah, I understand what you're saying and what your wife said about how it looks like he's trying too hard. And I can see why some people think that, but I honestly think that's just how he is. I think he's an awkward guy. I don't know if you saw him on Jimmy Fallon, but he's just awkward. He, he, he lacks basic personality skills because he's always been this superstar baseball athlete since he was probably 12 years old, treated differently. It's like the LeBron effect where LeBron James was ticketed for the NBA since he was 12 years old, playing in all those like uh, travel leagues when he's a teenager, getting special treatment. A-Rod got the same treatment for baseball. So you kind of lose touch with reality when you're treated that way. And I feel like A-Rod is finally at age 40 learning how to be a human. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I kind of understand that. It does make sense because they are treated very differently. They're they're always they're always coddled. Um, they're always the guy that people want to talk to, and and they're always the ones that no one's ever. You don't have to be in a regular situation. No one's ever told you you're there. wrong because yeah, they're trying. True. They're trying to keep you happy. So, in in hopefully when you make it big, you, they're on your side and they'll help you out. It no, it's like that's why A Rod kind of I think went down this this tailspin of terrible PR. He didn't know how to think for himself because he didn't think for himself, and no one ever looked him in the face and be like, "Dude, you're acting like a jackass. Stop." Right, right, right. right. Hey, a lot of that makes total sense. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you're pretty pretty close to exactly why he's like that. I mean, some of it could be just personality traits as well. Um, but it just he needs to he needs to just let it go a little bit more I think and just be more natural and just be more him maybe <laughs> he's steps, scared of man. that baby steps I think he's scared of that of like letting out the real him because even like when he's on Fallon and like you know his publicist was was there and like briefed him on the jokes he's got to say and like kissing the mirror and like all that stuff there was these were all calculated yeah, jokes that was definitely and calculated. it's all scripted but so two years ago he would never even admit that the one thing that I saw him on that was very a lot more natural and him like laid back was uh, that Katie Nolan bit on Fox. If you haven't seen it, um, I actually just shared it on the on the Bronx Pinstripes um, Facebook page. But Katie Nolan, she has a show called Garbage Time on F- on Fox, and um, she did like a little bit, uh, you know, World Series bit with him, and it was about. They were just talking, and they were talking about how to like spit seeds and how to do it well. And you could just see he, he was kind of loose. He was he was he was definitely like being himself. And then, um, and I feel like he improved at the end when he shot the seed at the camera. I don't think that was written in. And I think he actually just did that because. And I, the only reason I think it was unscripted is by looking at uh, the 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 way Katie Nolan was reacting. She almost seemed like very surprised and shocked. And I know she's a big Boston fan, so yeah, like, that was probably very difficult for her to do. Because yeah. she probably loathes A-Rod. But um but yeah, you know, look, he's he's giving you more personality and, and that that can only be 
good for him, I think. You know, there, he just he needs to be less of a machine and more of a person. I think he's done a lot in a very short amount of time to regain a lot of people's um, opinions on him. I think that even neutral fans, if you're not a fan of the Yankees, I think a lot of people have turned around on A-Rod. Maybe they don't love him, but I think he's set himself up for life after baseball where he can be a very popular media figure and marketable media figure. And just saying this right now, if you were to think two years ago, I would have told you you're crazy if you thought that. He was hated. He was the most hated man in baseball. And now he's far, far from the most hated man in baseball. I'm still getting text messages, though, from, from buddies of mine who are not Yankees fans saying, hey, I was like, what the hell? Their text messages saying, I got multiple. What the hell is A-Rod doing on my TV screen right now at the World Series? <laughs> well, they have I mean, to shut up and listen. He's pretty good. Yeah, I got, I got, I got, I got many of those. So I don't know how I, – I don't think I have a, a finger on the pulse outside the Yankee fan of, like, the way that they feel about A-Rod or even, like, the National League. Like, how does the National League fan think, feel about A-Rod? I, I don't know. I have no idea. Um so he was definitely lovey-dovey with Mets fans, and and, and he like, was he was really kissing up to the Mets a lot. Yeah, during he was the, the he was the toast of the city. Yeah, he was getting a, he was yucking it up with everybody. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, how excited he is! I'm so excited for the Mets. Like, he was really playing that whole thing up. So I sense he was definitely trying, trying to win the whole city over on that. I sense what you're trying to say is it was a little bit phony. I, I think I think look, he's getting better. He's getting a lot better advice right now, but it's still a lot of advice, and a lot of their stuff is calculated. But you know, whatever. I mean, he's on a different playing field than everybody, so he should be getting some advice. I'm just glad he's getting better advice than he ever has been. Yeah, I don't think it was funny. I think it was actually pretty genuine. He knows a ton about baseball. I actually think— I'm not saying phony. I'm saying calculated. Okay, yeah. I think they're two different things. They are. But when he's just talking about baseball, I think he's very good, very knowledgeable, um, speaks well. I mean, he's a hell of a lot better than Harold Reynolds, who sucks. I cannot listen to that guy talk. Oh, God. He is I love so- Harold Reynolds. I love him. How is that possible? <laughs> because he is a real baseball guy. He just has fun. I I, oh my I, God. I, I know a lot of people don't like he him. He doesn't say anything. He does. He just talks like a dude, and I like it. I like the way he talks. He reminds me of just like guys I played baseball with. He reminds me of a guy who still plays baseball. He just he has fun with the game. He doesn't think too much. He, yeah, just, he doesn't think just at all, talks and he just it. talks. You're right. He just talks about the way he his his experiences and the way he thinks about the game. Um I, I really like I like how raw he is. Now that's a guy that's raw and just completely uncalculated. He just does whatever be. the hell he wants. The guy was on ESPN on Baseball Tonight for ten years before he got fired. For I forget why he got fired. But it was some it was some thing behind the scenes. I think. Yeah. So I mean, he should. But it had nothing to do with him polished. on the show. He should be polished, but he he's terrible. I no, think but that's really his bad. style. That's why I like it. That's what I'm saying. I well, don't it did like not play him. well for a booth with Joe Buck and and um, Verducci. You, you, he's got it. No, he's the color guy. You have to have someone in there who throws a little life into it. You have Joe Buck in there just ble- making everybody's ears bleed. Nobody likes Joe Buck. I have not met one person in my entire life that likes Joe Buck. I'm serious. Do you remember you the know, Joe Buck show on HBO? Yes, the one episode with Ar- <laughs> where Artie Lang came on and just it was, it was made so, fun of so him the entire time. That it's might just, be it's painful. That might be one of the most cringeworthy half hours of television I've ever watched in my entire life. But and, it was hilarious. And the other guy that was on the show was Paul Rudd, who apparently grew up with Joe Buck, which I had no idea about. But Paul Rudd's one of my favorite one of my favorite comedy actors. I think he's hilarious. He just makes stupid faces and just the way he ad libs on, on movies, I think is hysterical. But they um 
Yeah, he was he was bad. It was super super cringeworthy. You're you're right. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just complaining about about the broadcast because I'm just really mad the Yankees weren't in it. I guess that's what it boils down to. Yeah, that's true. But we did get to see what Derek Jeter dressed up for Halloween as. And the devil. He went all out. Him and his newly uh, newly announced fiance, or has it even been announced, or is it, has it not? Has it just not been denied? I don't think it's point. been denied. I, yeah. I don't think he's come out and said I'm engaged. Well, the thing that confirms it for me is that he allowed two pictures to be posted that were not like taken by the Associated Press and put on Getty Images, and that's the only time you see it at like the the Met Gala or something. That's like the only other pictures of him and Han- Hannah Davis, and these were very candid behind the scenes pictures. So I, I definitely <laughs> think you can't even tell who it is. I definitely think that yeah, maybe that's this plan. He's like <laughs> plausible deniability. That's not me. Yeah, that is not me. It's it's the makeup. First of all, if you're gonna go full paint makeup on Halloween, you're 100 percent committed into that because it sucks. I've done it before. It's it was like I was like I hated every second of it I after done I did it, since it. I was like nine. Yeah, I did it in college at one point. I was like, this was a bad decision. Like the full paint, the full paint job on uh, on Halloween is it's uncomfortable. It gets everywhere. You start drinking and then it runs. It's just it's one of those things that you, you don't want to do. Um, so he went all in on that thing, and that was professional makeup right there. And um, but you know, know, hey, it looked good. I didn't know Jeter had the patience for something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. That you're. I think you had mentioned this uh, in the article you posted about it, but that's a solid like hour plus job. Oh paint. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Um, it's just it, it's it's interesting to see how Jeter's acting in retired life because we never saw a slip up when he was playing. And not that this is a slip up, we never saw pictures posted of Jeter. He was so private, he was so calculated, and I think maybe he's starting to loosen up a little bit. I mean, not that he's ever going to be fully out there in the public, but he's definitely loosened up since he retired. He's, I mean, he he started a media company. It's completely the opposite of what he was. So he's definitely putting himself out there a lot more. And I think because of the trip, the Players Tribune has kind of opened him up a lot more. Um, I know he's he's had that that publishing company where he's put out a bunch of uh, children's books as well. And I know he's going to be doing more with that. So he's definitely. It's it's kind of funny how he completely did a 180, and now his after after playing uh, days are in the media, like completely entrenched in the media. Um, and he, you know, he's he's dating and going to get married to. Uh, uh, apparently, he's going to get a, a, a married to, you know, a giant superstar. I mean, she's um, yeah, SI, swimsuit, SI, SI swimsuit. She's uh, Victoria's Secret. I mean, she's she's right up there with Giselle. If if like you know, like one step lower, I'd say she's probably the next Giselle. Um, you know, a little elephant in the room though. That's a big age gap. <laughs> what is she? Twenty five. Sixteen years. Twenty five to forty. Yeah, or twenty five yeah. to forty one. Forty one. Yeah. Hey, good for him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> good for him. We all thought it was going to be Minka Kelly, but it turns out it was Santa Davis. And it was all because of that HBO special. I didn't think he would do that HBO special unless he was going to marry Minka Kelly. Oh, that, I forgot. That was about the 3,000th hit, right? Uh, yeah, but he brought him – she was in a lot of it. She and, was. She was always – the whole the whole time, she was always up in the in the box with his family. Yeah. Um, but when I saw that he did that with her, I thought that was it. I was like, there's no way Jeter's going to be, you know, putting this out there and, you know, have it, have it be out there forever and ever if he's, if he's not going to marry this girl. And he didn't. So that was, I feel like he was going to, and then something happened. Cause I feel like that was a calculated move. Mm, we should try and get to the bottom of that. We should get to the bottom of that. 
All right, so we last week we did a ton of Yankee mailbag questions. Uh, we did not get any this week, which is not a surprise considering not really much has changed. Hopefully as, you know, now that baseball is officially over and the free agency is starting and we're going to get into the hot stove and the, and the winter meetings and all that stuff, we'll get some more questions in. But so just a reminder to everybody, please submit uh, mailbag questions on the website or you can comment on Facebook. We post a mailbag post every week on Facebook. You can also call the voicemail line at 646-480-3890. What did I say? <laughs> totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally wrong. It was it was it's uh it's six four six four eight zero zero three four two. Listen to me, not him. <laughs> I don't even know what I said. Yeah, I don't know what you said either. Um all right, so before we get out of here, I want to give you a chance to defend your garbage ass Jets defense. I can't, Dave. It was, it was embarrassing. Thirty something points to the Oakland Raiders. Well, first of all, you're the one that completely, uh, you know, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you had the Raiders a lot lower. They're definitely than better have. than I thought they were going to. Yeah, their their offense is pretty good. But, but come on, the Jets' defense cannot give up 34. No, no, but the, the, it was they can't. I have no, I have zero things to say about it. One, Antonio Cromartie is kind of what he was a couple of years ago when he was with the team. He looks old. He shows up big in like one or two games, and then the other games he's just gets torched. Um, so. You know he he's like a game to game guy. He's either really good or terrible, uh, and and the they just didn't they couldn't make a tackle. It was ridiculous. I was watching how many that guys. Game. How many guys have to have to try to tackle a dude? It, they, and it didn't happen one time. They came out in the second time. half and they let Jason Hayward, Taiwan Jones, literally break like seven tackles for a touchdown. It was crazy. I was watching that game and my friend, uh, one of my best friends, is a huge Jets fan, and I'm I'm asking him like, what the hell is going on? And he's like. It just looks like they played with so much energy against the Patriots, came up short, and then they were like, oh, crap, we got to go to Oakland. No one wants to go on this trip. Let's just show up and hope we win. And That's they got bullshit. run over. I don't believe that at all. They played with no energy. I don't believe that. I don't think anybody ever says that. I think that's such okay, a fan um, thing. Obviously, to say. they didn't say it. But, but that's my, my what point it is, is that like. I don't think they come out there. We're not playing with energy or saying, "Oh, I don't want to go on this next trip that's been on our schedule for the entire time." They're going to go and then play the next game. That's just what it is. Well, it was clearly a letdown because they played flat and they got run over by a mediocre team. Yeah, they played like they played like shit. They played horrible. That's it. That's it. They were just they just played terrible. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you can. It, <clears throat> I can't I can't put lack of energy on not tackling guys like that. It's just it's just unexcusable. It's just bad bad football is what it is. And now you got a little quarterback, you know, I don't want to say controversy because Fitzpatrick got injured, but it's a it's a situation. Gino's it's, a, it's, definitely, it's always a situation. There's never I, not a situation with a quarterback situation. So, uh, one of the things I've laughed at hardest in a long time is as soon as Gino came in and started sucking, I saw somebody tweet, report Jets sign IK Ikampalo or whatever his name is. Just to knock him back out. Yeah, knock his ass back out. <sighs> he did get hurt. Uh, he got knocked up and he's kind of day to day and uh, we're seeing conflicting reports Reports about Fitzpatrick. One saying he's out a couple weeks. Uh, one saying Bowles says he's he's going to need surgery on the thumb at some point. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how bad it is. Who knows how bad it is? But you know, yeah, maybe he. Maybe seen, it's on his non-throwing hand, so hopefully he can play through it. I've seen tweets that say the Jets are you know interested in potentially bringing in Matt Flynn, Ryan Mallett. Um, no, Ryan Mallett I heard was not an option. Okay, I mean good, yeah. for the Jets, good because Ryan they, Mallett. He sucks. that immediately as soon as it came out. They're like Ryan Mallett is a bum. Yeah, he's just a bad attitude, man. Talk about a guy with a, all the talent in the world, uh, with a big arm, like pretty much what what people would draw up as an NFL quarterback, 
and then just blowing it. Yeah. It's pretty much what you're doing right now, right, Mel? Like crying and oversleeping and, I mean, grow up, dude. So, you, I mean, I I still think the Jets are going to be there in the end because I think that what we saw last week or what we saw versus Oakland was not who the Jets actually are. But, I mean, that game could come back and haunt them in the end of the year when they're fighting for playoff. Oh, no doubt. The Raiders are now 4-3. and three. Um, There's there's a whole bunch of teams that are going to be locked up. The in Raiders now have the tiebreaker with the Jets. Yeah, awesome. Uh, but I'll tell you, the Jets going to Oakland is always a game that, I mean, tr- uh, historically, we lose that game like every year. Um, and it seems like we go to Oakland a lot. I, I feel like Chad Pennington went to Oakland like 10 times. It's, I feel like he was always out there. Um, I saw a fun fact on Chad Pennington uh, during the Miami... Uh, Patriots game on Thursday the only since Brady entered the league the only quarterback to win the division over Brady is Chad Pennington he did it twice once with the Jets once with the Dolphins hey Chad Pennington was a good guy was a good quarterback and uh, just had an unfortunate injury situation but that man battled through like three shoulder reconstructions to come back and he had zero arm he had he had half the arm Peyton Manning has and he won games so Demp and Dunk is, uh, should be coined by Chad Pennington because he made it an art. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll see what, what the Jets, um, what happens with the Jets. Patriots are still rolling and they have a bye week coming up versus the Washington Redskins. So that should be fun. And uh, talking about it like people care who listen. <laughs> Nobody cares. Um, it's just crazy to think about like the AFC and how there's three division winners who are undefeated. I can't remember the last time that, that happened. Yeah, we need to also touch on this on the Giants game as well because oh right, uh, I forgot. We, we yes. are we, we definitely are we have a big uh, New York audience, and the fact that the Giants put up I don't even know how many points fifty two to forty nine, forty nine points, six touchdowns and zero interceptions. I think thirteen passing touchdowns between the two teams in that game. But I think Eli did not throw an interception. If I'm if I'm correct, no, I he think threw, that was, he had six touchdowns, no interceptions. Breeze had seven touchdowns, one interception. When Eli Manning throws six touchdowns and zero inter- when Eli Manning throws zero interceptions, <laughs> you win the game. When he throws six touchdowns and no interceptions, you crush the opponent. What in God's name is you talk about bad defense on the Jets? Like, oh yeah, we God. were terrible. That was but a dis- but that, Jesus. That, that set football back like ten years. That it's like watching that, Baylor and and some other and I don't know, even other it some was other flag, on, like, it was flag, Western Georgia. It was intramural flag football when you're hung over on a Saturday morning and all you're doing is running deep routes and no one wants to run and cover the guy. That's it's like what tech it was. Mobile. It's like tech mobile. Yeah. I mean I I know that was a close game and it was a back and forth game and some people found it exciting. I do not want to watch football like that. That was not exciting to me. That was trash. Yeah, the defense was just uh, they just didn't show up on that day. So um, I can't really talk as a Jets fan watching the defense that we had, but you know we didn't let up fifty one points or fifty two points, or whatever the hell it was. But um, yeah, crazy. I guess Drew Brees' shoulders okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess he doesn't miss Jimmy Graham either, right? Yeah, Ben Watson, big Ben Watson, right there. I, know I have him on my fantasy for my team. Patriots fans when I was in college. Yo, Big Ben, Big Ben Watson. He had, he had all the tools. He just had bricks for hands for a while. Yeah, he learned how to catch apparently. Um, yeah, I mean that was that was definitely a crazy game. A lot of injuries in the NFL too. I know Le'Veon Bell got hurt. Uh, Matt Forte got hurt. Um, one other guy went down big. I can't think of his name though. Uh, another running back, I think. Um, but uh, there were a lot all throughout. Though. There were a lot of injuries. Yeah. Um, yeah, the playoff picture is sort of coming to form. I guess we'll talk about it as as the weeks go on here. But 
Um, yeah, that Giants game was a mess, and I know that you, you're right. There's probably tons of Giants fans um, listening, so uh, we'll definitely try and talk more Giants, um, you know, coming up here. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Um, not a ton of Yankees to, you know, stuff to talk about this week, so... You know, hopefully we uh, didn't bore you guys too much, but um, I, I think the World Series was great, and uh, you know, congratulations, Kansas City Royals. But we're coming for that ass next next year. Right. Coming for you. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show. We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.